Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. When you haven't heard real crowds for a while, that really stands out as different than the fake crowd noise. I'm ready to run through a wall after here. I know, isn't that something? I I don't care if you don't like hockey. That's just, you've got to love that. That much joy and excitement. Human beings together. Hallelujah. Wow. How different. You know, the crowd noise, they came up with the fake crowd noise for the baseball games and the basketball games and everything. It's better than nothing. But, man, you hear that and you realize the difference, the passion of a hometown crowd. Uh, I, I couldn't have told you that the best hockey team in the land by far is the Tampa Bay Lightning, as they've won two Stanley Cups in a row. I couldn't have told you that. I don't. Tampa Bay, baby. I they don't. almost won the NHL, the NBA, or not the NBA, uh, Major League Baseball. They're so and good. Hockey. They almost won the NBA title. That's right. The baseball team did. <laughs> They're that talented. <laughs> I um, soccer on ice. So I don't. No, but, hockey's the greatest game ever devised. I love it. <laughs> In fact, I was going to watch some more uh, uh, Stanley Cup finals because I've had a house full of family for like a week and a half. And I just I don't sit and watch sports. You want to drive them out by watching hockey? No, there's nothing more exciting than playoff hockey. You maroon. If I had a stick right now, I'd cross check you. So uh, listening to that crowd reminds me, Japan announced today that uh, yesterday Tokyo declared a state of emergency because of the covid. The the Delta variant is uh, wiping them out. Practically nobody's vaccinated there. And so no crowds for the Olympics. So you get some standout world record 100-meter sprinter in front of a dead, quiet crowd. That's some good running. (laughs) We shot fast. That was really fast. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) So I don't know what that'll be like to watch. Yeah, yeah. Odd. Uh, Speaking of odd. Man, uh, you jumped high. What was that, like 19 feet? You know, for the longest time, people, including me, were pitching the idea that uh, the Democratic Party was in favor of uh, wide-open borders because uh, Hispanic immigrants, when they gained citizenship, reflexively voted Democrat. And on the Republican side, they, they wanted uh, more cheap labor for Wall Street, the rest of it. Well, half of that mer- narrative is, is getting turned on its head to some extent. Uh, the, the wave of wokeism is driving Hispanics into the Republican Party. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later Interesting. on. Uh, Tucker Carlson, how would you describe your feelings about Tucker? I'm, I'm, Jack, I had no idea I was going to ask this. Uh, it's unfair to put you on the spot. I, unlike uh, a lot of people, I can't figure out what what Tucker Carlson-ism is. Uh, a lot of people seem to be able to uh, point to it. He's he's the left regularly throws him in as like the Trump crowd. I don't think or that's Alex Jones. I don't think that's correct. <laughs> he is a he's a unique thing, but I don't exact I don't exactly know what he is. But he's yeah, he, he's really good at what he does in terms of being a broadcaster. As a oh, broadcaster, yeah. I admire him greatly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
a terrific writer, a brilliant guy, really interesting, frequently ahead of the curve, uh, bringing news to you. But he's like a couple of friends I've had that are just a little bit over the top. So well, I've always kind of kind of take it with a grain of salt. Well, I got to admit, maybe I'm just dumb or not paying enough attention. I often don't understand his point. He's angry and he's got a long thing about it, and I don't quite understand where he's going with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, the reason we would bring him up at all is he's quite by far the number one most watched cable news show in America and has been for quite some time. Yeah, and and his show is very, very good. Uh, But Fred Flights is writing in the Federalist. Mr. Flights, uh, or is it Fleets? Uh, was a, well, what are his credentials? Uh, blah, blah, blah. He's, uh, the CEO of the Center for Security Policy, served as deputy assistant to the president, chief of staff of the National Security Council. He's held national security jobs for a quarter century with the CIA, DIA, Department of State, and the House Intelligence Committee staff. Okay, so he knows what he's talking about. Uh, it, it, I'll read the opening paragraph of this piece because it sets it up uh, as well as I could. I laughed when Fox News host Tucker Carlson said an NSA whistleblower told him that the agency was monitoring his emails to link them in an attempt to take his show off the air. From my 19 years as a CIA analyst and five years as House Intelligence Committee staff, I found this impossible to believe for three reasons. And then he lays out the reasons that um, the huge and lumbering bureaucracy would never agree to take on such a flagrant violation. It's just too risky. Um, it would have to be approved at the high, highest level at the Biden administration. Again, too risky. And also, a lot of whistleblowers are disgruntled uh, crackpots, he says. I therefore dismissed Carlson's claim that the NSA was reading his emails. Then I saw this extraordinary denial from the NSA, who wrote, and I quote, On June 28th, etc., Tucker Carlson alleged that the NSA has been, quote, monitoring our electronic communications and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take this show off the air, close quote. This allegation is untrue. Tucker Carlson has never been an intelligence target of the agency, and the NSA has never had any plans to try to take his program off the air. Then they go into NSA has foreign intelligence mission, et cetera, et cetera. That would now, be uh, an odd thing for the NSA to focus on, you got to admit. Yes. Yes. Uh, I would agree. But the wording, the wording of their denial, if you are uninformed and not hip to the NSA and its mission and the way they generally say things, would pass right by. You'd think, okay, they're just absolutely denying that they're doing that. Putting aside the fact that John Bredden and Clapper and all those NSA guys lied like crazy to Congress, at least you'd have a straightforward denial to start with. Except it's not a straightforward denial, says this Fred Flights guy, who said he laughed when he initially heard the charge. Um, Let's be very clear about what the NSA said in its statement. It denied targeting Carlson, but it did not deny reading his emails. The NSA also did not deny that it may have accessed Carlson's Carlson's communications through incidental collections, which is if if, uh, you have an email exchange with a foreign entity that the NSA can legitimately spy on, they will go ahead and read all your stuff, too. They will redact your name, but you remember how Susan Rice demanded dozens and dozens of people's names be unredacted and the rest of it? The White House does get involved in that. And the long story short of his analysis is the NSA didn't deny at all that they were reading the emails. Uh, it could be upstream collection. The collecting email traffic of American citizens. Uh, and then there's one more term he throws around that I can't find. But he says, after reading the NSA statement, as a guy who spent my entire career in this, I think they're looking at his emails. 
Now, whether they're doing that for the purpose of taking him off the air or not, I don't know. It is absolutely within the realm of possibility that the administration would be trying to figure out how to get rid of one of the most effective critics against them. From Nixon to Obama, they all did it. Um, it's also possible that Tucker sees this as a great uh, opportunity to make himself look like the, the bravest, most important uh, you know, force fighting against the evil woke left. I don't know. I just thought that such an uh, an experienced guy mm-hmm. who initially rejected the claims thinking, you know what, I think they are at the end of it. We'll have to see where this goes. Something tells me the story is not over. Interesting. Um, seeing more headlines, Dow down on fears of Delta variant. So I don't know if they're all just parroting each other or if they have reason to actually believe that's why the stock market is down so much today. I don't know why that would happen in one day. Yeah, I'm scanning around headlines because I'm intrigued by that proposition, too. Is that is the the sudden fear of the Delta variant so widespread it would cause the stock market to crash? Seems, well, not unlike, crash, but seems unlikely to me. And all sorts of media outlets are all saying the same thing. Of course, they're lemmings. I've yeah, said that exactly. a million times. Yeah, but. That doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, that's that's odd to me. That seems um, like a stretch. Coming up, China's working on a horrible new weapon that we should be aware of. Holy cow, I hope we have the same sort of stuff in secret. And uh, this is worth pointing out. One of the most controversial, maybe the most controversial topic in America, that you are completely misled by the media as to how most people feel about it, there's yet another poll out to back up our point of view. And uh, definitely want to bring that to you. What Americans feel about abortion is completely different than what you take through mainstream media. And it's worth knowing since certainly next Supreme Court session, uh, that's going to be on the docket. The whole Roe versus Wade thing. Bunch of stuff on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Crazy, violent, super-rich Irishman Conor McGregor fights this weekend, and TMZ is reporting that both Donald Trump and Justin Bieber will be among celebrities in the crowd to watch the fight. Wow, that is exciting. That is exciting, isn't it? Um, This was from last night. Mark Stein filling in on one of the Fox shows. It was the anniversary of the... It was the six-month anniversary of the insurrection, as they call it, at the Capitol that we all watched on TV. And a lot of the media was going big with that, and Mark Stein was mocking that. The media have been mocking the semi-anniversary of the all-time worst insurrection in human history on January 6th. We all watch live on our TV screens as millions of revolting peasants smashed and rampaged through the hallowed halls of... Hall-like hallowedness, tens of thousands, men, women, boys, girls, nuns, were raped and beheaded until blood ran in the streets like rain after a sudden storm and decapitated heads bobbed in the water like melons along the banks of a canal. Oh, no, wait, that was the fall of Constantinople in 1453, and this was way worse. As the media reminded us, the media were in the front line and bore the brunt of the assault from Vice magazine. Quote, the reporters who survived the insurrection 
that would be as opposed to the reporters who didn't survive the insurrection. Into the statuary hall of death rode the 600 congressional correspondents, but only nine would return from the gates of hell. What would really traumatize me, if these reporters are truly traumatized, is having to go to writing class at Columbia for four years and then apply the word insurrection to something that is no such thing. So I, I personally don't agree with Mark Stein completely on that. I think it was a pretty bad deal, but I did think that was pretty funny. As you know, they continue to talk about the deadly insurrection. All right, a, a woman was shot by cops, and for some reason, that doesn't seem like that's been fully investigated. And then mm-hmm. the that one policeman unfortunately died of a stroke, which is horrible. Um, and may have had a connection to an incredibly stressful day and the oh, rest yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. it was bad. I'm not a person who doesn't say it was bad, but it was not, you know, well, it wasn't bodies strewn throughout the halls of Congress. No. Um, you know, and writing like journalists who survived that day. All right. That's uh, hilarious. Yeah. But did you see the New York Times put together? They analyzed 10,000 hours of video from that day, people's iPhones and all that sort of stuff, and put it together uh, over the 4th of July weekend. Did you happen to catch that? I did not. Whoa, no. boy, it's something to watch. The, the people that were there just, you know, to uh, to be to be angry about the way things were going, and, you know, that was the most of the crowd. But that crowd that was there to do damage, whew, that was a scary group of people. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I, I think you run that experiment a thousand times, you end up with as few deaths as we did that once, and every other time it's worse. I mean, it's just amazing people weren't killed. Mm. Wow. Um, anyway. That's some great writing by Mark Stein, yeah, though. He's, he's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so what I had two things I was going to mention. I don't remember what the other one was, so I guess I'll just mention this one. It seemed like it was important at the time. I don't know. We're going to get to the chaos on the border before long. Also, an unintentionally hilarious disconnect between the headlines of a study and the reality of the study being misreported in the media. Oh, yeah, China's new weapon. Thank you for reminding me of that, Hanson. China is developing underwater AI robots that can attack enemy vessels with torpedoes without human guidance. So I hope we have things like that. That's going to end badly. Also, the Wall Street Journal is uh, reporting... Is this the summer of the men's tank top? How the men's tank top is making a big return, so I'm going to get on board with that. I'll probably wear nothing but tank tops to work next week. It's a shame you can't uh, grow a solid the mullet, because that's really your Tennessee twofer right there. The mullet and the tank top. Yeah, you're really it's good. Joe, luck. You're Joe Dirt, then. Um, so, uh, switching gears to a very serious and controversial subject, abortion. We, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I want to bring this up just because this is the latest polling on this, and it hasn't changed. If you take in the abortion issue through all news, whether it's the Washington Post or the ABC Evening News or whatever, you're under the impression that it is very controversial. And most people by far think a woman should be able to get an abortion practically any time for any reason. And any attempt to stop that is just the craziest of the religious right. Well, that is not what the polling has shown for years, including in the latest poll. Now, um, abortion in general, most Americans want it to be legal. In the first trimester, 
You get past that, it drops off a cliff. The, 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 the number of people that support it after the first trimester is very low and continues to be. I'll read from this uh, latest polling that is being printed in USA Today today. First trimester, 38% say legal in all cases, 23% say legal in most cases, uh, adding up to a majority. You get to the second trimester, and it goes off a cliff. 15% legal in all cases, only 19% legal in most cases. So uh, 65% want it illegal. You get to the third trimester, and practically nobody. Yeah, but you yeah. Ha- you have states that whenever they try to curtail third trimester abortions, the media goes crazy and acts like you know it's the Handmaid's Tale and the religious right has taken over and nut jobs are ruling the world and oh my God, women You're are going to be taking away a woman's right to choose, a woman's right to health care, and women right. will be in alleys with uh, with uh, with coat hangers, even though by far, and this includes Democrats too, as we've talked about before, majority mm-hmm. of Democrats. Want it cut off after the first trimester. Remember that anytime the abortion issue comes up, and it'll be coming up a lot next year when the Supreme Court takes another look at Roe versus Wade. Boy, there's just such remarkable levels of agreement, and it's so consistent across time. And yet, abortion is such a great slash evil motivator to get people to the polls it or, or be, though. convince it, you that Amy Coney Barrett is actually Satan in, in, in a blonde wig. It's only a wedge issue because people don't know the polling. It's yeah. pretty overwhelmingly, uh, you know, it should be legal, but only this long. Period. End of story. Now, if you think differently than the mainstream for reasons moral or religious, uh, we absolutely respect that. Uh, but I just think the the outer 5% on each side are the ones that are heard uh, an overwhelming amount of the time. What's next? Well, among other things, uh, Hispanic people are moving rightward in vast numbers, really shocking numbers, actually. Uh, we'll just uh, we'll hang our hat on that. If you miss an hour, go to the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. We are doing absolutely everything that we can to stem the violence. I've heard your pain and anguish, and I carry that with me. And your suffering feels my daily urgency to use every tool that I have and to urge every stakeholder, from the President of the United States on down, to local, county, and state, and federal officials. We must do better, all of us, for you. Well, that's Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of the Chicago, mayor of Chicago. And if flip service could stop gunshots, uh, she would have saved many lives with that little speech. Of course, she goes on to blame gun stores in Indiana lawfully selling weapons to people when virtually all of the murders are, are uh, conducted with illegal handguns. Just crazy. Which I think may be one of the reasons Hispanics are fleeing into the arms of uh, the right, uh, Republicans. But we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Uh, Byron York responded to Lori Lightfoot's comments as well in clip 12. Well, we just heard Mayor Lightfoot saying she's doing absolutely everything that can be done. Uh, and that's just self-evidently not 
true. Now, lately, she and the police chief have taken to blaming some judges, some of the courts, for bonding out, for freeing uh, violent suspects. And I, there's something to that. That's, that's really uh, part of the problem. But they're focused uh, totally, Democrats, uh, Mayor Lightfoot, the Biden administration, on the question of guns. And if you listen to President Biden's crime address a while back, it was just Democratic, same old, same old. We've got to get uh, assault weapons out of the hands of criminals. Well, the fact is long guns play a very, very small part in the violence crisis in Chicago. It's handguns, handguns all over the place. So uh, the, the Democrats do not seem to be equipped uh, to deal with the problem they're facing right now. And finally, Jen Psaki which from is the White a, House. Which uh, is a point ahead. that uh, the new soon-to-be mayor of New York has been making, the Democrat Adams, that one, that, hey, Democratic Party, this law and order thing is a big deal. People care. He got elected on that in New York. He can't get much more blue than New York because they're, they're worried about the crime uh, rise. Yeah, as long as we're diving into analysis, I would agree that the Democratic Party faces a crossroads, and it's either going to go the route of, uh, like, Ted Wheeler in Portland, who crazy belatedly finally realized thugs and rioters and and destroyers of property and uh, smashers of old people over the head are not just misguided young activists. They're thugs. They're, 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 They're predators and the rest of it. And and does it go that way or does it go more Seattle? Uh, you have the the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, who is actually now in increasingly open conflict with the communist uh, district attorney. It'll be interesting to see which way the Democratic Party and its leadership goes, particularly in cities. But let's have Jen Psaki to wrap things up. The president continues to um, work to address uh, violent crime. We've seen rays go up over the last 18 months around the country, including in the city of Chicago. We see spikes in violent crime typically during summer months, often, unfortunately, uh, during holiday weekends. And we saw that over the last weekend. Ah, so it's warm weather and the 4th of July that are causing the murders. Yeah, yes, yes we, we know they go up a little bit in those times, but the overall trend has been absolutely shocking in, in our cities in particular. Although we mentioned uh, earlier on that uh, there were a number of home invasions repelled by firearms just in the Central Valley of California, you know, a couple of towns fairly close to each other within a few days of each other. So, so, eh, things are not heading in a good direction. And I wonder whether that has something to do with the incredible shift of Hispanic voters toward the Republican Party. Um, Trump topped his abysmal 2016 performance with Hispanic voters in 26, I'm sorry, 2016 to 2020. He grew it by 10%. He garnered 38% of the Hispanic vote in 2020. Even with all of the media telling Hispanics that he was a racist against them. Yeah, and like a lot of phenomena, it's difficult to nail down one reason to explain that. And there probably isn't just one reason, but Republican operatives who spent years encouraging Hispanics to support GOP candidates believe that had a lot to do with the jobs-focused economic agenda. We want to put more money uh, you know, in your paycheck. But the significant Hispanic shift toward Trump might have never have happened absent the perception that Democrats veered sharply left on cultural issues. Uh, the, the crazy, woke, critical race theory, d- 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 nonsense spouting college professor following. That's not that like the typical Hispanic family at all. Emphasis on transgender issues. 
Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, uh, Daniel Garza, who's a, a Republican guy who works trying to boost Hispanic support for Republicans, that's like his gig, um, said proposals to defund the police, abolish ICE, uh, plus support for robust climate agenda that would eliminate the use of fossil fuels, uh, sent Hispanics fleeing into the arms of Trump and the Republicans. Ed Espinosa, Democratic operative in Texas, who focuses on Hispanic turnout, um, rejects Republican claims that 2020 marked a turning point and says, no, it has nothing to do with cultural issues. Ed, you keep saying that, dude. You was, you were as wrong as you could possibly be. Um, yeah, I, I really, really think there are trends in play um, that are the Democratic Party shooting themselves in the foot. The woke stuff, the and, and you know what I meant to say about the Hispanic thing? is that they tried so hard to make Hispanic voters ideological as opposed to practical, as opposed to self-interest voters. And they tried so hard to paint Trump's border policies as racist, anti-Hispanic, xenophobic. They whipped that up as hard as they could, and he grew his support 10% during that period. I'm really curious to see how the next couple of elections unfold, although... We need to remind ourselves trends and, 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 you know, socioeconomic tides. They all just get blown up if the, if a candidate sucks or if the candidate on the other side is actually pretty good because it's always a binary choice. But that we keep an eye on that movement. I think it's really significant. Uh, this is significant movement. Just came across this poll. Kind of interesting. That's what we're shooting for on the Armstrong and Getty show. At least kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, how trusting people are of other people. Money, the number of the many changes that have occurred over recent decades. Trust no one. For all That's kinds my of policy. Reasons. That's apparently Joe's policy. Yes. In the 70s, if you asked 18 to 35-year-olds if you could generally trust people, about 40% said yes. Uh, that was in the 70s. Now it has been cut in half to 20%. Half as many people say you can generally trust people as they did back in the 70s. I think it's easier for predators to find you these days. Plus, I I just think ethics have really declined in the U.S. for a couple of reasons. I would still say you can generally trust people. I would still be in the group of people that says you can generally trust people. So. You know, if you think about the people around you, yeah, I would say the answer is absolutely yes. If that includes everybody who contacts me or tries to get me to do something no if you contact me you're clearly out to a steal from me I, I, yeah. that's with, without a doubt yeah well that's got to affect it plus i just think our communities are more virtual now and less real you don't know your neighbors uh you know you, and i just don't i don't think people feel as bound by i don't think shame's the right uh word they they're not as bound by preserving their reputation in their community. I'm considering beating our coffee machine to death with a bat. I think, uh, Alex, you should film that on your phone. That'd be a good I'd pay a dollar to see that. Barbaric! Oh. I'm going to punish that thing one of these days. Smash it with a hammer. Oh. I want to throw it out the window, then get out my truck and drive over it and back over it, set it on fire, and if I had the means, shoot it into space. Is it displaying my favorite message that you need to clean out the trash deposit, but you need a key to get into the garbage? And only one person has the key to because you want to lock your garbage. Right. The hot, <laughs> hot commodity that is old coffee ground. <laughs> uh, anyway, on other stuff, um, hot movie coming out. 
whether you're going to go back to the theater or, you know, the new trend is it comes out in the theater same day it shows up on your uh, Netflix or your Disney. In this case, in Disney, we'll let you know what that is, among other things on the way. The big cyber attack, attacks, because there's more than one uh, over recent days. Is Biden going to respond to that? Boy, a couple of thinkers on that subject, including the Wall Street Journal editorial board, say he better. You drew a red line and you better stand up to it or we're in trouble. All that on the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Black Widow hit theaters tonight for Thursday night previews. Fandango says the Scarlett Johansson Marvel film has sold the most pre-sale tickets of any movie this year. David Harbour co-stars playing a good guy or is he a bad guy? So often we want narratives with clear good guys and bad guys. And I think that as the genre moves forward, we're able to incorporate these people that, you know, my character makes some very bad decisions but maybe there's redemption for him who knows black widow streaming on disney plus tomorrow and in theaters tonight so that might be the future forever i guess that big giant blockbuster grand openings happen in the theater and on my living room couch because i have disney plus well if they ever going go back to making movies for adults jack i'll tune in and be interested in this trend we don't watch the black widow i don't watch chick fights so uh we're not into it but uh, my son and I, um, chick fights. Uh, we do watch the Loki. We like the Loki, and uh, the season finale is next week. Is it the season or series finale? Is this another one like what's that last one we watched? Winter Soldier, the Mandalorian, or Winter? It, yeah, yeah the, the, okay. you get into it, and it's over forever. What is is Loki like that? Is that it, makes it more special, Jack. Uh, but anywho, uh, I was just going to mention Scarlett Johansson, who is what is she? Spider Woman? What is what is she called there? The Black, black Widow. widow. Yeah. Uh, I don't watch the chick fighting. Did I mention that? So she's yeah. a Black Widow. Scarlett Johansson, she hasn't shown up to any of the publicity stuff. And there was some like, why isn't she going? She is about to have a baby. So she and Colin Jost, the guy who does the news on Saturday Night Live, remember they got married. And they're about to have a baby any day. And they kept it secret this whole time. And so she has not been out and about where anybody would see her being pregnant. And she's going to have a baby any day now, maybe today. Uh, I don't know if they planned that, if they tried to get their due date the same as when her movie came out or what. But So she's not part of any of the publicity tour for this because she's uh, deep with labor. You know, um, uh, celebrities owe us, so-called celebrities, owe us absolutely nothing. I don't, I don't care whether she's pregnant or has twins or triplets or a litter of puppies or any of it. <laughs> That'd it's not be my weird. business. I do find it <laughs> interesting, though, that it's it's been a secret. Yeah. You wouldn't think you happily married couples gonna is expecting a baby. Sounds wonderful to me. Um, this is not wonderful. Russia continues to hack us, or at least companies operating out of Russia. It is believed with Biden's uh, at least tacit approval. This recent hack of they they claim the bad guys claim that they in, uh, infected a million computers. A number of people are calling it the worst hack in world history. Yikes. For some reason, we just don't react the same way to these things. But anyway, let me read some stuff for you. This is from a New York Times piece on it. They talked to a cyber expert who said, Joe Biden did a good job of laying down a marker a couple weeks ago with Putin. 
But when you're a thug, the first thing you do is you test the red line, and that's what we're seeing here, is Putin testing to see, oh, yeah, do you mean it? Are you actually going to back this up? In an interview with the Dispatch, Quan Kitchen, a national defense and cybersecurity expert at AEI, said that cyber attacks are beneficial in furthering, furthering the Russian government's narrative about the West. Even if you accept the line from some attackers that they're just in it for the money and that they're not working on behalf of the Russian government, it is simply a reality that they would not be allowed to operate and to have this level of influence if the Russian government weren't tacitly or actively allowing them to operate. And this has a political benefit for Moscow. It creates this the instability and it shows the West to be weak and vulnerable and fits the political narrative that Moscow and Putin are trying to spread around the world that the West is hollowing out. They want to prove that the West is increasingly ineffectual in terms of protecting its own interests, and Russia specifically can act with impunity. That's not good. Yeah, it's probably worth observing that there are certain cultures, including Russia and actually, you know, Mexico in particular, that really worship the idea of the strong man, that really respect the the guy astride the horse, literally in Putin's case. And, yeah, it's got to be useful of, for him. He gets to punch the U.S. in the nose and get away with it. So, you know, that's good for domestic consumption. And the Wall Street Journal, the editorial board, has a uh, piece today in their opinion section. The editorial board said Biden's got to do something. They hearken back to Biden's old boss, Barack Obama, and his red line on Syria that, you know, you use chemical weapons, that would cross my red line. Then they used chemical weapons, and we said, yeah, well, you know. we should Cut it out. It. Cut it out. Um, and is uh, is Biden going to do the same thing? And the Wall Street Journal editorial board says you can't let him. Oh, by the way, the FBI came out again yesterday and said their recommendation is to not pay the ransom on these ransomware attacks. Every company says, yeah, but what are we supposed to do then? Just go out of business? So wow. that's kind of yeah, a tough you, situation. You should take a brave stand against these nefarious criminals and have your business be brought to its knees for six weeks for the good of all of us. Or forever. Potentially, Maybe yeah. just go out of business. Hey, have you gotten any messages when you're signing in somewhere that uh, your password was yeah. involved with a data Always. leak or a hack or something? Always. Yeah, I, I'm trying to decide whether to go with the crazy strong passwords like that Apple yeah. offers up to you or... Or just, I mean, I'm always in the middle of something. I mean, yeah, by it, definition. It never seems like a good time to update your password to something very, very complicated that you definitely have to write down somewhere and all that sort of thing. Well, you have to have your device hold down to it for yeah. you because there's yeah. no way you're going to write down a 37-character right. uh, password. Right. Um, uh, the, the final paragraph in the Wall Street Journal piece about Biden needs to respond. If the U.S. doesn't respond to Russia, it will be open season on America's digital infrastructure. Proportionate retaliation runs the risk of escalation. But after publicly drawing a red line, Mr. Biden has no choice lest he show Mr. Putin and other thugs around the world that the U.S. president's words are empty. I think it's kind of interesting that the Wall Street Journal, even to a certain extent, the New York Times are pushing Biden toward, hey, you got to react strong to this uh, and, uh, you know, risk the escalation. But like I said yesterday, what's the choice? I mean, this is the classic standing up to a bully. If you don't, you're not going to gain anything by not standing up to the bully. The bully's going to keep doing what they're doing and escalate it. I mean, that's almost beyond question. Sure. Guaranteed. I mean, as more and more people get these capab- get the capability to do this and or the financing from Vlad Putin, they're going to see it more. And, and more. that's and that's sp- specifically on the issue of uh, ransomware attacks. You know, if we don't push back, they're going to continue. 
the point that Con Kitchen, the uh, AEI guy, was making is this also creates the narrative that's already kind of out there in the world that we're a paper tiger. I mean, we we talk big and we got a huge military, but we don't ever really push back. You can do it. You can take ground. You can build islands and, uh, you know, and militarize them like China did. You can hack into their, you can do whatever you want. And the United States, they, they say a bunch of stuff, but they don't ever actually do anything. And it's, yeah, they used to be a hard ass. I mean, you used to be, you wouldn't mess with the U.S., but now, nah, they're fine. They're no, fat. They're happy. And, and if that narrative's catching hold, this will definitely, you know, send that up a couple of notches by, uh, by declaring a red line and then not doing anything. And I think Biden needs to do something that's public. So, okay, so some people say, hey, we fight back all the time. You just don't hear about it. Well, I think we need to hear about it. That's the problem with the whole narrative thing. If the world doesn't know we're fighting back, the narrative takes hold. So we need to do something spectacular and loud and gets people's attention and everybody knows it, I think. I don't know what that would be. Every computer in Russia, we make it so it's off by seven minutes. Something like that. (laughs) Drive them insane. Make it so the W key doesn't work on their keyboards. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking it on uh, top of my head. It's top a, of my it's head. It's Russian. Maybe make it the K or the Z. Just before their porn finishes downloading, bingo, you close the website over and over again. It'll drive them crazy. <laughs> I think we need to do something kind of spectacular. I hope, uh, you know, Biden yesterday was asked the question walking across the lawn, what do you want to say to Vladimir Putin? And he said something like, he'll hear from me or something, you know. Continuing I'll tell to... him what I intend to tell him. Yeah. Cracker Kroger. I... <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, right? I, I, uh, anyway. Man. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to claim like a right wing uh, talk show host that it's an easy thing to do, and it doesn't come with risks. But I do think we have to do something that's public and obvious to the world. That you can't just do whatever you want to us, and we'll just take it. Well, and if there's anything that can be done that's easy and has no risk, it's not going to get to the Oval Office. Right. Good point. Yeah, so uh, coming up, the uh, teachers' unions are absolutely dedicated to teaching critical race theory in every American school while they deny that they're doing that. Oh, also, uh, just a, a little thought, especially if you can stay tuned for the next hour. If not, get it via podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Where you live, what percentage of people do you think are actively hoping to leave? We're going to compare that to a certain golden state in an unintentionally hilarious study that just came out. Armstrong and Getty.